Hi, I'm Nina. My son's an addict. Podcast three. I'm out of denial. Now what? I was like, wow. Once I realized I got to take back my life. Something's going on here. Like this, this is not right. This doesn't feel right. I'm locking my purse up at night. I'm scared to be in the house with him. Um, he's getting in my face. He he got in my neighbor's face. Um, I'm seeing a lot of poor behavior, like harming himself in ways. Um, this was not uh, working at this point. So I went to see a therapist. Listen, we all have crappy insurance or you spend a fortune on it. So you just find anyone on your plan, anyone that will speak to you and talk to you. Because basically... You just need the reassurance because you really know what needs to be done. You really do at this point. But you still need someone to just hold hand, hold your hand, make you feel like it's going to be okay. And um, unfortunately, it's got, it's typically a stranger. It's not somebody you know. It, you know, from an outsider's point of view, they're able to be a lot more direct. Um, and that's what you need at this point. So let's just say you're talking to somebody and they say to you, okay, now you're going to make a list. Make a list of the rules of your house. Okay. And what are these rules that your child needs to live by? Okay. I put down, has to go to therapy once a week. I put down, uh, needs to help out around the house. I put down, has a curfew at night at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, a school nights, he has to do his homework, and only one night a week he could go out. Um, I put these rules down um, on this sheet of paper and was told by the therapist, now you're going to go home and you're going to give him an ultimatum. If he does not live by these rules, want to live by these rules, then he needs to leave your house immediately. Now, in all fairness, he did tell me let him go and don't let him take anything. Um, you know what? I couldn't do that. I wasn't ready to do that. I wasn't ready to not be there for my kid. You know, um, I just couldn't do it. So, of course, I, you know, spoke to my ex-husband at the time. Um, he went, he ended up getting on a plane. My ex decided he was in denial. So he, he took them in. I'm the crazy one. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm driving my son nuts. All that. Blame, blame, blame. And my ex wanted to believe it. Um, he went to live there. And as I'm driving him to the airport, I'm actually saying to him, you don't need to do this. Let me get you help. See, I know my son loved me. I know it. It's that they take it out on the ones they love the most. They're angry at themselves. They're angry at everything around them. Um, and they need a reason to blame something or somebody for their actions and the way they're behaving. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but you need to think about this and remember something. Divorce, fighting, separation, only child, friends, no friends. This doesn't cause someone to be an addict. This is 
this you you didn't you weren't a bad mom because you worked till eight o'clock at night, okay, and you didn't give them a bedtime story every night. That's not what happened here, okay. This was out of your control. This is out of everybody's control. You don't make someone pick up a bottle of wine and drink the whole thing in your bed and leave the bottle behind or a, a bottle of vodka. You don't. You don't um, uh, roll joints and and um, say to someone, um, okay, uh, you know, have have a joint, and that's your fault that they decided to take a joint. No, we all make these decisions. We all make these decisions. We decide who we're going to choose to be friends with. We're going to decide the paths we're going to take in our lives. And unfortunately, um, you have no control over that. You could try to act like you have control, but you don't. Now, boy, was I sad. You know, he ripped everything. He was a senior in high school. You know, he, of course, he got into college already. I mean, he was a genius, um, and he still is. Um, but, you know, I realized after the fact, forget that. I just want a healthy kid. I just want someone to wake up happy and, and not go for the wrong things, not be an addict, not be a gambler, not be, um, an alcoholic, um, not be, um, you know, uh, constantly hawking their things, uh, selling them, um, horrible things that basically no parent should experience. Um, or anyone. I remember a friend of mine having a problem with her husband at the time. And when she realized she got out of denial, uh, what her next step was to get her family. Uh, she was in a hotel room with her kids and her husband was flying high as a kite. She got her kids out of there and said, I got to get my life straightened out. I can't have them around this person anymore. And that basically was her first step in getting out of denial. Now, besides going to see someone, I suggest you go to an Al-Anon group. Um, if you don't want to do it, then because you're nervous, because you feel uncomfortable, you might know someone, go to another town. Go to another town. Bring a friend if you have to. Ask them to come with you. You know, people used to say to me, you know, my friends used to judge me and, and, and they, they act like it's my fault that my kids are like this and, and that I have a kid like this and I did something wrong. Listen, I don't know. I have, I ended up having amazing, amazing friends. They were with me, never judged me. They saw the kind of parent I was. If you're that kind of parent and you know what kind of parent you were, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could do to change this. It's out of your control. And um, so basically, I went to Al-Anon groups myself. I went in my neighborhood. I met quite a few people that I had known that never knew that had these problems. Um, you know, I remember when I first went in, I'm like, I'm listening to all these stories. I'm like, oh, that's not going to be me. Oh, no. Oh, this is a horrible story. Oh my God, parents crying, their kids knocking on the door and they're not letting their kid in. They have to call the police on them. Um, stories of um, kids that have hit their parents. Stories of kids getting out of jail and their parents not being there for them. Um, wow. Years and years and years of abuse, uh, mental abuse. 
Oh, not me. That's not going to be me. Oh, no. Caving in, constantly being there to get them set up with their lives, with their livelihoods over and over and over again. Um, oh, no, not me. That's not going to be me. Um, so what I realized is through the years, uh, so I could prepare you, that is exactly you. Yep. Because one thing that was the greatest line I ever got the first day I walked into real therapy, once, once I knew that I got my son out of the house now, he's with his father, everybody thinks I'm nuts, he's telling horrible things about me, and I went to see a therapist, and I said, what, what needs to be done? What, what, what do I need to do? Like, typically there's like that one thing, you know, you take the right steps, you study, you study hard, you get to a good college, you get a good job, you know, you make good money. I don't know. There's always like steps you're supposed to take in order to reach your goals, right? And you hope that those steps get you there. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing that someone's going to tell you that's going to be like, okay, if you get your kid into this rehab, everything's going to be fine. No, you're just getting your kid into this rehab. And it's giving you, what, 30, 60, maybe 90 days of relief that you know where they are. You know they're possibly not on drugs still. And that possibly they're willing to help themselves. Now, I was not able, I was able to see that my son needed help, but I was still in the denial of understanding what that meant and that this was going to be a lifelong challenge, a lifelong experience, something that just doesn't end. There is no solution. There is no way of saying if I do this, this is what's going to happen. Um, this therapist looked at me. She was awesome. I was with her for a full year. And she said to me, if you, I, used, I said to her, if I put him in that rehab, everything's going to be okay? And she looked me straight in the eye. She said, I wish I could tell you differently. But no, that is just the beginning. Because most likely, statistically, 95%, 95% typically go back in two, three, five times, seven times. You just don't know how many times. Wow, that, that really took me for surprise. Um, I really was naive to think that, you know, all I have to do now is get him out of his father's house now and into a rehab. Now, if you're struggling with a co-parent, uh, someone in your house, a divorced parent, you're, you're trying to explain to them, to get them on board, to understand what's going on, not be in denial, have them live at their house because it doesn't take long for someone to really see what's going on. Um, when he did come back, uh, which was right before, uh, right after he finished uh, senior senior year, I didn't get to watch him walk down for graduation. Um, I didn't I didn't get to experience that as a parent. Uh, 
I would have loved to have. Um, I uh, Looking back, I really don't uh, remember a milestone that I really had to enjoy with him, um, except for, I believe it was sixth grade when he was going into high school. Uh, sixth grade for middle school, I believe they had like a, a moving up ceremony. So I can't remember if it was seventh or eighth, but one of those grades and that was probably the last time um, I experienced that with my son. Um, he came back and, and I noticed something was off still and I was in complete denial again. I mean, again. And what did it have to take me to get out of this denial? I literally went up to college. I literally set him up thinking, okay, I get him there. Everything's going to work out. It didn't take long to see that it wasn't working out. And um, when you're out of the denial stage, what happens is, is that you know that at the beginning, at least the first time, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to not be there. You're not going to be able to be strong enough to say, he's hitting rock bottom, they're hitting rock bottom, I'm out. I mean, I don't even like that word, those words, hitting rock bottom, because uh, basically it's either jail or they get arrested. That's rock bottom. Or God forbid they commit suicide or overdose. I mean, but basically, I didn't want my son to experience any of those. So no way was that happening. As much as out of denial I was, I was not letting those things happen. That was not going to happen. So when my other son called me to inform me that um, he was doing drugs, I already had seen on his emails through school, his teachers asking where he was, Always started out strong and then kind of who went bottom, rock bottom. By the time Thanksgiving came, he was hallucinating, going to save the world. He came home. Imagine, I couldn't, you don't even know what to do. I actually was on the phone with 411, trying to understand how I even get him help. Okay. He wouldn't even hear from it. I'm crazy. He walked out the door got a ride back up to college, lived on someone's couch. And I knew that I had to get an interventionist or someone at this point. I knew my son was living out of garbage bag. I knew he was selling a lot of his items. And I just couldn't take any more knowing. I, I just couldn't let knowing li that he's living like that. It, it just killed me. So I hired people. I drove up early in the morning to get him. Uh, it was I knew exactly where he was. I broke in basically, and the interventionist stood outside because legally they're not allowed to be there. And um, I woke him up. He was on the couch. And I said, okay, I'm here to save you. This is it. What are you talking about? Why'd you drive so far? You couldn't call? I'm like, hey, you don't answer my calls. I'm like, look at you. You're on a couch with a garbage bag next to you. Oh, I don't care. I would live on the street if I had to, or under a bridge. That would be fine with me. Really? That would be fine with you? Meanwhile, his drug dealer was in the other room, who I ran into on my way in, making sure that he realizes that I'm calling the cops on all of them if he does not help me get my son to rehab. Um, I ended up not needing him. My son finally admitted uh, that not admitted, he decided that he would go. He went, and I remember um, 
what that was like, trying to figure out where to go, where to put him. Listen, don't worry so much about where to go. Where's the best place? Oh, he should have a nice environment. He should feel good and comfortable. And oh, how many meals a day are they going to have for him? And I actually called the rehab and his birthday was the following month, two months later, and said, oh my God, it's his birthday. Can I send a birthday cake? Seriously? No. No, 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 no. You need to then go back to getting your help, which is going to entail... A weekly visit to an Al-Anon meeting, a weekly visit to a therapist, a weekly visit to doing something that you haven't done in a long time that stopped you from doing. He or son has stopped you from doing it. Something pleasurable that you liked, playing cards once a week or um, whatever it is or isn't. Go on a date. Go on a date with your husband. Make it special. Those are definitely things you need to incorporate in your life. And you need to contact NAMI, National Association of Mental Illness. They have an eight-week class that's called Family to Family. And it's free. Take it. It will change your life forever. I think that... um, what I learned from this whole experience is, is that not one person can tell you what the right or right, wrong or right thing is to do. No one's going to be able to help you solve anything, so to speak. You know, I noticed they have tons of things for addicts, tons of things for Gamblers Anonymous and, 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 um, um, opium use, opioid users and, and, but what about, what about the parents? What about the family members? What about, how do you now turn around and get your life back in order, your family back together? This is why you need to sign up with a therapist once a week. And even when you think you don't need it anymore, you need it. Go to a psychiatrist. Most likely you're depressed and you need some kind of medicine to get you out of that depression. You're going to need to go to NAMI to take that eight-week course because if your child or addict has been doing something for a long period of time, it causes most of the time psychosis. It will bring out um, bipolar disease. It will bring out uh, uh, schizophrenia. And there are lots of signs of that as well. So... That's where you're out of the denial and you start kind of feeling, all right, let me think about this. What have I noticed that's odd about that's been going on? So that those are the steps you're going to take when you're out of denial. Now, once you get help for yourself and you realize, okay, you've gotten this person out of the house. They're out and now you're safe. You're in a safe place. You're safe and you're getting your help Your help. You're helping yourself, and you're getting yourself healthy again. That's what you need to do and focus on. If you think you could get your kid healthy again, it's not going to happen. You could spend all the money in the world. I will never forget this girl that lived near me sent her kid to a Malibu Malibu rehab. 
thousand dollars for the month. Fifty. Bye, Bo. Cash. They, the kid comes back a week later, smoking dope, getting caught doing this, that. I almost died. Doesn't matter if you're in Malibu. Doesn't matter if you're in in the, in the crappiest place or or somewhere that's dangerous. It doesn't matter. They have to want it. If they don't want it, you're wasting money and time. Now, I don't say to the first time around when you first come out of denial that you should go right into that rule of, you know, let them hit rock bottom. I got to tell you, unless you've been living with this for 10 years or so, there's no way that you could possibly let that person hit rock bottom. Most likely, it's the third, fourth, fifth time. It's just too devastating. You don't want to see your, your loved one like that. You don't want to let them down. Because in a fat way, you are. You feel like you're not there for them. Because you know they have a problem. They can't help themselves. But yet, in this disease, these diseases, they need to help themselves. Because otherwise, it never works. So basically, what's going to happen and when you start realizing, okay, this is what's going to happen. Um, they're going to be in rehab and you're going to be able to kind of organize yourself. You know how they say on the plane, um, get your, put your mask on before you put your child's mask on. Um, that's exactly what this is. It's save yourself at the moment. Um, you are going to figure out what's going to happen when rehab is over. Where, where, what does that look like? Where is he going to live? Or she, what, where, where are you going to, where is he going to go? Where are they going to go? Do you have money for, um, uh, um, a halfway house? Boy, those are expensive. Most of them are, um, You'd want to keep them in the rehab as long as the insurance will allow you to. Three months is a much better um, approach to this because from my experience, from the three re rehab stints that he's been in, um, the time when he spent the most time in rehab, he got the best therapy uh, he was able to start thinking a lot clearer and seeing things clearer. Uh, it takes time to get these things out of their bodies. Uh, alcoholism, you know, the desires to drink, smoke, take street drugs, gamble. Um, this takes time to get out of your system. 30 days is like a flash. Um, so... That's basically what happens when you're out of your denial stage. You're in the, okay, they're out of your house. Hopefully you could get, they just make that decision to go to rehab or they, they have, um, you have assisted them in getting to rehab. Now, I want to tell you one thing. I'm going to leave you with this. There was a, a woman that called me once and said, my son went to the bank and tried to cash a check. Now it's Friday, 
Okay, it's Friday at like, I don't know, two, 12 in the afternoon. She says to me, he went to cash a check and the bank called me to ask me, do I want to press charges? Um, and of course I said no. I mean, I don't want my son to go to jail. That's like 10 years for, for fraud, um, bank fraud. So she, I said to her, she said to me, well, you know, I don't know. And, you know, I can't, you know, I can't just kick him out of the house and the Sabbath observant and, you know, religious or something. And, and we want to, you know, I can't just, you know, the Sabbath is starting and, and what am I going to do? And, and, um, my husband doesn't, you know, doesn't feel like we should just kick him out. And he's a bit in denial. I said to her, listen to me carefully. You're not safe anymore. Neither is anyone else in the family. So I suggest you give him 20 bucks and tell him goodbye. Uh, I promise you he will come back in 30 days or call you. And when he does, this is what you have to prepare for. Either have the name of a rehab ready for him. Either have that name ready or have a person, the name of a person that he can contact to set up his transportation to get him <coughs> to this rehab. Now, listen, there are two ways this goes down. Either they go to rehab right away when you basically kick them out of the house or it's typically 30 to 60 days after. This is their first time. After that, it's a free-for-all. But the first time, that's what typically happens. And this woman said, I don't know if I could do that. I said, well, what's going to happen is if you don't, you're putting the other kids in your family in danger. And... You're prolonging the inevitable. The kid left. 30 days later, he called. And he said, I need help. The mother got him a plane ticket, told him to get to the airport. She gave him 20, uh, she gave him a pack of cigarettes. And I told her to give him a sandwich. No money. He got on the plane and he went to rehab. That was the first time he went to rehab. Now listen, the stories, I wish I could tell you that there's a great story and a happy ending. Everybody has a different ending. Everybody has a different story. Comes at different times in your life. You know, I used to say when I used to go to these, these uh, classes or, or meetings or listen to things online, okay, so... Where's the, the happy ending? Where's, where's the, 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 the smiles? Where's the contentment? Where's the, where is it that, okay, everything fell into place? It's not there. Because part of denial is realize, not realizing that this is a lifelong episode. This is going to be in your life. You learn to live with it. And the sooner you do, the better off you are. Because you see what happens is, even if people do get clean, um, 
it comes back to haunt them. It doesn't take away their cravings or their desire to do the things they do. Things trigger it. And then they want to go back to do the things they did before. So it could be anywhere in their lives. And they could try to clean up and then all of a sudden it re- you know, occurs again or things happen, tra- traumatic things happen in their lives and they can't handle it. So um, that's why it's really important for you to put your oxygen mask on now. You're at the beginning stages and the unfortunately there's no like fast forward like I always thought about this now that I look back I think was there a fast forward can I tell somebody okay if you do this that and the other thing you'll like skip all those extra steps um no the only thing I can say to help someone get to their get through these steps quicker is to make them see what actually is going on in their life, how they've been living their life, how miserable they really have been, how miserable their family has been, and that it's disrupted their whole family unit, and how the other kids in the family feel. It's not good. And um, again, the quicker you realize it, the better off you and your addict will be. So to leave you with this, if you're out of denial, there are only two paths to take. One, they're out of your house and they figure it out and it's about 30 days, I promise you, sometime around then, they will be calling you. There's a small window, they get vulnerable small but during that time you have the opportunity to have a phone number ready and the transportation and everything required to get him to whatever his rehab's going to be now the other route as we discussed was basically you not kicking them out but getting the help bringing the help to them which is what i did the first time I got an interventionist. I got them to come. I convinced him to go. Those family interventions. No, they don't end up working. But if that's what you need to do the first time because you can't do it the other way and just not know where your kid's living and not knowing if there's on a, they're on a bench or they're in the garbage somewhere, a dump, I don't blame you. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. And if I had to do it all over again, I still couldn't do it then. I wouldn't have changed the way I did things because there was no way back then I was letting him hit rock bottom. So those are your two courses of action at this point. And you need to get strong enough to get to those actions. And the only way to do that is to, once again, have therapy once a week, Go to an Al-Anon meeting once a week, regularly, even when you feel you don't need it, even when you don't feel like your kid's just as bad as all these other stories, this isn't going to happen to me, it doesn't matter, sit there and listen. And you're going to go to NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness, because by the time you get to this place, either psychosis has set in, or they're tripping, or they're 
something has happened or their bipolar has set off and you need to be aware of what those things look like because once they're they've risen to the surface it's gonna take some time medicines to bring it back down so those are your choices um and they're not easy so good luck and if you have to keep listening to this keep listening to someone that's been through it i've done this i've been there i'm not editing every single word i say on this i'm not doing this so everything sounds perfect life's not perfect this is far from perfect and if you've experienced what i've experienced and you're living with an addict, heck, this is nothing. A little hop, skip, and a jump. You really should pat yourself on the back if you're at this place now. Because this is a big step. doesn't matter if you take either way. Either path, it's okay. It is okay. You should be proud of yourself no matter what. Because you're getting help for yourself. You're getting your life back in order. And that's what's important. And that's the way you're going to live. And you're not going to ever let anyone take that from you again. Okay, have a great day.